Welcome to All Hours, a Kevin B. Harrington NIHOP Ambassador podcast. Here we focus on what's going on at the New Hampshire Institute of Politics and some important issues facing the nation today. I'm Katie Monahan, and I'm joined by my guest host, Andrew Barbello. Today we cover a visit from Representative Liz Cheney, and should the federal government regulate cryptocurrency? But to start a bookmark series event with Vivek Ramaswamy, a biotech entrepreneur and a graduate of Harvard and Yale, joined the New Hampshire Institute of Politics for a webinar on November 15th to discuss his new book, Woke Incorporated. Mr. Ramaswamy stepped down from his position as a CEO of a major biotechnical company to write his book on how corporations are adopting a woke ideology in order to sell their products and control the marketplace of ideas. Andrew, can you tell us about what you learned from this webinar? Yes. At the webinar, Mr. Ramaswamy began by defining the main word in the title of his book, Woke, as in Woke Incorporated. Mr. Ramaswamy defines wokeism as the idea that a person's privilege is directly connected to their race. Mr. Ramaswamy argued that major companies are selectively using this ideology in order to sell products even though they do not actually believe in this ideology themselves. Did Mr. Ramaswamy provide any examples of these companies that he is talking about? Mr. Ramaswamy identified Nike as one of these companies as they sent out several messages speaking about how the slave era in America is still impacting our society today. While that same company uses slave labor and other in other less industrialized countries to produce their products. Mr. Ramaswamy also identified how Coca-Cola released a statement condemning what they saw as restrictive voting rights, a restrictive voting rights act in Georgia, while they themselves spent millions of dollars on lobbyists in order to sway the lawmaking process in a direction that allows their company to sell more products. Mr. Ramaswamy argued that these giant corporations taking such a hard political stance is creating a society in which corporations are controlling the marketplace of ideas and are deciding which ideas are acceptable and which are not. This is leading to many employees of large corporations being fearful to speak their true political beliefs in fear of losing their jobs. Did Mr. Ramaswamy propose any solutions to the problem he identified? Yes. Mr. Ramaswamy argued that we should create a protected political class that would be protected from discrimination, such as the many protected classes of minorities that already exist. Overall, how would you describe your experience at the webinar? I found the webinar very interesting as he identified a trend that many of us may have noticed but may not have thought of as such a large problem as he identifies it. On November 9th, the New Hampshire Institute of Politics hosted an annual event by the Naki S. Loeb School of Communications. It's a ceremony where the Loeb School hands out their First Amendment award, which they say is for individuals who in some way exercised or sought to protect the Constitution's First Amendment rights, whether it be free speech, assembly, press, religion, or government petition. What's special about this event is that we hosted it, but also that Representative Liz Cheney of Wyoming was the event's keynote speaker. Can I ask who the First Amendment award was awarded to? So the award went out to a couple from Webster, New Hampshire, Tara Gunnigal and John Pearson. The story starts in a small town meeting where the discussion about laying gravel in part of the town, which wasn't too out of the ordinary until the town treasurer Bruce Johnson said that he purchased land from the town. What makes that so unusual? Well, in New Hampshire, there's a law that says that public officials are barred from certain private dealings. In this case, he wasn't allowed to purchase land over $200, which the land he said he purchased definitely exceeded that threshold. So what happened after that? Tara and John noticed that, so they filed what are right-to-know requests, which allows access to some government documents for ordinary citizens. 
The couple filed several requests for documents related to the land purchase and eventually found enough evidence that resulted in the town treasurer resigning from his office and being fined $1,200 in court. That certainly does merit receiving an award like this one. But could you tell me about what Representative Cheney was doing here at the NIHOP? Representative Cheney was invited by the Loeb School to speak. She focused on current politics and the state of the Republican Party. Our founders provided that every elected official would swear an oath. And it's not an oath to a party. It's not an oath to an individual. It's a solemn oath that we swear before God to support and defend the Constitution of the United States. She went on to say our political leaders have forgotten that oath. She specifically pointed out that former President Trump's unproven claims of voter fraud in the 2020 election. I know this nation needs a Republican Party that is based on truth. One that puts forward our ideals and our policies based on substance. One that is willing to reject the former president's lies. One that is willing to tell the truth. That millions of Americans have been tragically misled by former President Trump. For context, since January 6th, Cheney has become the face of the anti-Trump fraction in the Republican Party. Right now, she's on the House Committee investigating January 6th, and she is one of the 10 Republicans who voted for Trump's second impeachment. She has been an outspoken critic of the former president. She warned the audience that everyone needs to defend our institutions, as she says how Capitol Police did on January 6th. That is why our institutions held, because men and women of courage and honor recognized one of the most fundamental principles in a republic, and that is the principle that no citizen in a republic is a bystander. No one is. Every one of us is called to defend this great experiment, government of, by, and for the people. For Representative Cheney to stand up to a president from her own party is a bold political act that will have ramifications that will be seen down the road. What else happened at the event? Unexpectedly, Cheney arrived to the event a little early to take pictures with guests before the award ceremony and her keynote address. The student ambassadors that were working the event had the opportunity to meet her and take a group photo together. Wow, that sounds like a great opportunity for our ambassadors. The unprecedented rise in popularity of Bitcoin over the past few years has sparked large national debate over whether cryptocurrencies should be regulated by the federal government. With the exception of needing to file Bitcoin as property with the IRS, the federal government has remained virtually silent on the subject, meaning that it has been left up to the individual states to address the matter. Such states such states have passed legislation on cryptocurrencies, including New York, Vermont, Maine, Arizona, and Nevada. The issue becomes whether Bitcoin should be considered a currency, albeit in a digital format, and be regulated as such, or whether it is instead a private digital property or entity that is instead bought and traded for without government regulation. Congress has been given the power to coin money, regulate the value thereof, and of foreign coin, and fix the standard of weights and measures through Article 1, Section 8 of the Constitution. But should these constitutional rights still apply for Bitcoin? To, da- to that end, I will take the affirmative position on regulation and Andrew will take the negative as we discuss whether Bitcoin should be treated and regulated as a currency. So starting with the pros, the first pro would be without federal regulation, there's no real security or legal ramifications on the platform that ensure that transactions are real or reversible. For instance, scams or ransoms that are paid in Bitcoin become difficult for the FBI to track down or recover. But that lack of federal regulation allows investors to do their own research and allows them to make large sums of money in a short amount of time. 
Yeah, but on top of that, the anonymous nature of the internet makes it easier for criminals to conduct illegal transactions in exchange for nearly untraceable Bitcoin without any regulation. But those transactions also lead to an international marketplace where the exchange of Bitcoin and therefore large amounts of wealth can be traded in a matter of seconds. Well, without regulation, the price of Bitcoin can change based on the level of demand for the currency, which provides an unstable and uncertain market for individuals investing. The federal government currently has no legislation to tax Bitcoin under its own power. So we'll see what they do from here. That's going to be it for today's episode of the All Hours Kevin B. Harrington NIHOP Ambassador Podcast. Thanks for listening in. I've been your host, Katie, alongside with my guest host, Andrew Barbetto. Special thanks to all who helped on this podcast. Always remember, when it comes to politics, the only stop is NIHOP.